0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. God's good, isn't he? I'm so thankful. We're talking about ministering spirits. And uh, we're talking about um, the, the technical term is angelology. Um, and if you want you know more information obviously that we 've covered a lot up till this point since we 're on the fourth one and uh, if you want to go back and review those, you can but we 're going to continue tonight in our study and believe God and uh, and hear from him so so, so far we 've looked at several truths from the scriptures um, that are available on the website, of course, as far as the messages are concerned, and if you want to review them, you can go back and review those we 've looked at the origin of angels. We've looked at the nature of angels. Uh, they do not have terrestrial bodies. They have celestial bodies. A- the origin of angels. Angels were created. They, were, they do not reproduce. There are no angel families running around, just so you know. Okay? Uh, angels have personalities, and they have personality. Um, angels can learn. We saw that in 1 Peter 1.12. It says that they desire to look into salvation, which means they didn't understand it, but they do desire to learn. Um, we looked at the fact that we don't worship angels. How many of that helped you understanding that Colossians passage? Man, that helped me a lot. Um, angels can appear as humans. We looked at that. That angels minister, and sometimes when they minister, they minister uh, in they appear as a human. They're not humans. Okay, so an angel could appear in human form, and we'll look at look at this, um, but. There are no genders in angels. Just so you know, I know sometimes people talk about, um, you know, the the fact that you know they 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 say it's a woman angel or man angel. I don't know, and the Bible's not real clear, so I say stay away from it. Okay, just leave it alone. And people say, well, you know, we need to figure this out again. The Bible doesn't really speak to it. You'll figure it out when you go to heaven. Okay, and so until then, just don't. You know, sometimes people say, well, I had this experience and okay, but does the Bible speak to it? <laughs> Going back to, we don't worship angels and we don't worship experiences. Um, we have to weigh those things against the word of God. I don't deny that they're real. I know that they're real, the experiences, but they just have to balance out with the word. Angelology, the word angel, whether taken from the Hebrew or from the Greek, angelos, um, Hebrew is malak, and it means messenger. That's what it means. Angels are messengers. Uh, the holy angels are messengers of God. Fallen angels are messengers of the enemy, Satan, um, who is the god of this world. So, so demonic activity and and you know what people call uh, fallen angels are just fallen angels. That's all they are. Demons, Satan, Satan is an angel. Everybody knows that, right? Satan is an angel, and and the demons that followed him are just fallen angels. That's what they are. They are not. Um, Uh, Satan is not an equal opposite to God, okay? He's not an equal opposite to God. I want to share a passage with you real quick. Um, And and if you're taking notes, we're on, I think, point six. And I just want to mention real quick, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but the angel of the Lord. This is something that you'll see in the Old Testament, and I'm only going to go to one passage that talks about it. It's a pretty significant passage, but um, the angel of the Lord. So point six is the angel of the Lord. Um, the expression, the angel of the Lord, which is used throughout the Old Testament, seems to have a very special significance in, to, in relation to the presence of God. It would seem that this person is the second person of the Godhead, Christ himself, in pre-incarnate presence. Now, there are several passages that they, they go through in the Old Testament, and you can look for it. Uh, there's debate on this. Um, But I can see I can see how it could be Christ uh, before manifesting uh, in a in a form that was uh, uh, the son of God. But I, I think it is worth considering, but probably not worth getting into a huge debate over. Okay, so some of these things, when you go through the scriptures, unless the Bible is very clear, you should leave it alone. Don't try and when people say, well, the Holy Spirit said the Holy Spirit is not going to teach you something outside of the word. Now, he may give you revelation inside of the word that you didn't see before, but it fits within the context of that word. Does that make sense? Not only in the context of what's being said, but then in the context of scripture as a whole. So you'll see a pattern of it through there. Okay, so it's like this. Um, you know, people will read in the in the book of Revelation where Satan is uh, bound for a thousand years and then he's released. How many have read that? OK, and then uh, uh, people will say, you know, the Bible does not say why he's released or give a great expounding of what's going to happen or why that is or or any of that. But yet, people will theorize theorize about it, and they'll try and they'll think about it, and they'll be like, "Well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that." Oh, I got it! It's this. The Bible doesn't say leave it alone. People say, "Well, I really want to know." Well, use your curiosity on the love scriptures <laughs> and walk in love better, right? And some things—how many know this? They pique the interest of your imagination and your flesh. Okay. And you just need, you need to control that. You need to control that area of your life. All right, Judges chapter 13. The angel of the Lord. This is what we're talking about here. The angel of the Lord. Judges chapter 13, verse number one. And this is, uh, I believe, talking about Samson. Judges chapter 13, verse number one. How many have read Judges? Judges is a fun book to read. It just is overall. It's like the superhero chapter in the Bible, or, or book in the Bible, I mean. It's, it is. It's like, do you want to know where they got the idea for the Incredible Hulk? Samson. I mean, ripping gates, you know, of a city off the hinges. I mean, the, the world has come up with all these things, but the reality is the Bible had them first. And if we had some good Christian movie producers, you could produce some, phena- you don't even need a script. You just need good special effects. Some high-dollar cameras, and you're good to go, you know? Anyway, it says this, Again, the children of Israel, verse number 1, did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Notice there's, there's two connecting things there. They did evil, and then they were delivered over. They, didn't, they weren't just delivered over randomly. There's a connection, okay? Now, there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the, what, angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her indeed now you are barren and have borne no children but you shall conceive and bear a son now therefore please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and do not eat anything unclean for behold you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse 8. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord... Oh, my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to me, come to us again, and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again, and she was sitting in the field, as she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So this woman had a vision outside of church. She's in working, and she had a vision, Okay. So uh, this is something that to consider when you're, when you're reading about some of these things and we're learning them. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, look, the, the man who came to me the other day has just appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed his wife, and when he came to the man, he said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. <laughs> Hint. <laughs> Manoah said, Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. In other words, do it this way. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For no- Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. So what do we see here that we talked about last time? That, a, that an angel, it, it, or even the Lord in this case, could appear what? Just as a, a normal man. And you wouldn't even know it. You may have entertained an angel and you don't even know it. You know, or you may have ignored one. And you don't even know it. (laughs) Okay. I hope I haven't ignored many, but you understand. (laughs) All right. So he says this. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that your words may come to pass? We may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. Wonderful. See, to me, this, there's certain things that are said in here that, I mean, it's not like he said, it's Bob. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did not say, you know, but who is wonderful, counselor, mighty? You see what I'm saying? All right. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on it. It happened as the flame went up towards heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Boy, that would make your day, wouldn't it? Holy smokes. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. I bet. It's not every day you see that happen, you know what I mean? You know, people talk about falling out under the power. Well, I guess. And then he says this, verse 21, When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die because we have what? Seen God. But his his wife said to him, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted our burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us uh, such things as these at this time. And I would add this, if the Lord desired to kill you, you wouldn't be having that conversation. So, because you'd be dead. How <laughs> I many know the Lord's looking to redeem, not kill, okay? So, um, that, those type of judgments are about the, the, last, the, the last of the last. In other words, there's no more, the person is just unrepentant. So, we see here at least something to the effect that the angel of the Lord at times in the Old Testament could have been Christ. Um, I'm possibly convinced when Abraham was going to offer Isaac that that was was the angel of the Lord, that that was Christ there. Um, The Savior was was all through the Old Testament. He's in types and shadows. You guys realize that, right? Because the Old Testament is types and shadows of the New Testament. All right, number seven, angels are a company, not a race. Angels were created at one time. There is no propagation among them. They do not die. Thus, there is no increase or decrease in their numbers. Jesus made it quite plain that they do not marry. Now, listen to me closely because I want to I point this out. This would include the thought that when humans die, they do not turn into angels when they go to heaven. Now, I got to point this out because there's a lot of religious thinking in these areas. Um, and people, people come up with ideas because it comforts them. Um, when there's really, you know, it's just unbiblical. And it's not a life or death issue. You know, I don't know that I would get into a massive debate over it. But at least you'll have the information and you can share the scriptures. Um, But um, actually turning into an angel for you would be a demotion. It would not be a promotion. Because the scripture says that we are going to judge angels. So that would be... A demotion, not a promotion, okay? So when you, when you pass from this life, or if you know somebody who has or whatever, they, don't, they go to heaven, their spirit, they go to heaven, and they go to be with the Lord, and they have a body, a heavenly body, until they get their resurrected body, okay? So that's something to be aware of um, along these lines. Um, sometimes you will hear the religious, uh, this religious thinking and sentiment when someone has died an untimely death, whether that be a child or an adult. How many have seen like people have tattoos and it'll have a death and then they'll have angel wings and stuff like And I understand what they're doing. If you have that, there's no condemnation, okay? It's not a big deal. I understand why people do that. But the reality is, is that if you were saved, you go right to be with the Lord and angels are your servants. That's the reality. They minister to you because you're an heir of salvation, okay? So... um Sometimes that'll happen, especially if, if a child dies. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. You know, people, uh, there are ministers, I've heard people say this, and then other people will say this religiously. You know, well, God needed another angel in the choir. That's nonsense stuff. And that's not comforting. Because, first of all, it makes it look like God killed the kid, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. I'm looking for everybody to say amen on this. He did not. Okay? So I don't want that in your head. And people say, well, well, you know, they get into all sorts of mental gymnastics when the reality is, did God receive the child? Yes. But God did not kill the child. Okay? He doesn't, he doesn't do those things. He, the, 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 Jesus clearly said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay. All right, so Luke chapter 20, verse 34. Luke chapter 20, verse 34. This will talk about the fact that angels um, are not like humans. They're a company, not a race. Luke chapter 20, verse 34. And it says this. Jesus answered and said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are counted worthy to attain that age, talking about another age, notice there's two ages there, And the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Nor can they die anymore for they are equal to the angels and the sons of God being sons of the resurrection. Now he makes a distinction between the angels and the sons of resurrection. And uh, so the the phrase that I looked up because I felt like this was important was equal to the angels. What it means is. That they are that we we when we die, we become like the angels in the senses in the sense that we will know we we won't die. Does that make sense? Angels don't die, they live forever, okay? Um even fallen angels are gonna live forever in hell, okay? So the torture is there forever, but they're alive forever. It says forever, you know. Sometimes in people's natural mind, they think, well, no, it can't be that way. It is the way the Bible says it is, okay? And so um, uh, I I just want to make this uh, um, statement as well. We would be like the angels in what sense, what we looked at before. Angels do not have terrestrial bodies. They have what? Celestial bodies, okay? They have celestial bodies. So when you die, and and let me say this better. When your body falls off. Because that's what it is. You are inside this body looking through these windows called eyes. We're functioning in two realms right now. Did you know that? We're functioning in the spiritual because we have the spirit of Christ within us. And we have the direct line, the hotline to heaven which is our spirit man, we have the Holy Spirit within us, and then we're functioning in this world here in the natural side of who we are. We're functioning in two realms all the time, in the spirit and in the natural, and the mind, the soul, is the battleground in between. It's kind of the way, it's the door, boom, either way, okay? So, Uh, you'll have a celestial body. Angels are referred to in the masculine gender, I talked about this er earlier, which is always used of those in whom there is no sexual distinction. So, when you think of man, think of mankind. Does that make sense? Don't think in terms of, in other words, it's genderless. The idea is, In other words, angels don't, they don't propagate, they don't, there are no angel families, they don't, you know, sit down and have marriage counseling with the Lord and, you know, none of that happens. They are servants, they are created beings, they do have personalities, they do have structure to them, they can appear as a man, they do have some knowledge, they carry out and obey the word of God being spoken through not only directive from the Father, but directive through the body of Christ by the unction of the Holy Spirit, which is really, I will say this, directive of the Father, because the Holy Spirit only says what the Father says, and he says it to us, and then we release it. And we'll get into the, how angels minister probably next week. But I want to get through, of course, these. All right. So, though we read of the sons of God, we never read of the sons of angels. So they do not reproduce, okay? All right. You don't have to go into great detail on that either as far as biblical wars. All right. Let's look at this one. Next point. There's no shortage of angels. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 22. Hebrews 12, 22, It says this. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. How many? Innumerable, which means an unlimited number. Okay? So we know from Scripture that a third of the angels did what? That they fell, right? Right? They abandoned God, they abandoned their place, it talks about it, we'll we'll actually probably look at that here in just a minute, but they abandoned their spot with God, they fell, so what do we know for a fact, we know for a fact, for a truth, that for every demon there are two angels. You ever seen a a, a, a violent criminal being taken into court? What do they have? Two officers on either side, right? One on either side of them, right? Right? For every demon, there are what? Two angels. So, I, I, you know, we're in Word of Faith, Pentecostal groups, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes people can get uh, darkness, Satan, demon, uh, frantic in their mind. You know, they see a devil behind every bush. You know, a devil behind, there's a devil back there. And I heard a minister say this one time, I thought it was pretty good. He said, that if there's a devil behind every, every bush, there are two angels holding them down. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, and I, you understand that's just to try and bring some, you know, some, some sanity to people's minds, <laughs> but the reality is there are two angels for every demon, so we outnumber them, not to mention the fact that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We do not have to fear, okay, and... Um, uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse number 52. No shortage of angels is what we're talking about. Matthew 26, verse 52 says this, but Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. That is not talking about self-defense, just so you know. What he's talking about is living by the sword. It's not talking about the fact that you can't defend yourself with the sword, okay? It's saying, no, this is not a, if you're going to live by it, it'll cost you. How many know of people or have read history stories about people that live by the sword and it cost them? All right, so verse 53 says this, Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, Jesus said this, and he will provide for me more than what? Twelve legions of angels. Among, among Romans, a legion was primarily... Um, a body of soldiers divided into 10 cohorts and numbering from 4,200 to 6,000 men. So what would 12 legions be? Now, how many have read in the Old Testament where one angel was sent to judge an army in a military and they took out like a 100 and some thousand soldiers in one swipe? So what could 12 legions do? You know what I mean? In other words, we're not in shortage of power here, okay? Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, verse number 11. Revelation chapter 5, verse number 11 says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, wouldn't you like to see them, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million. Thousands of thousands could not be less than 4 million. So you have a minimum total of 104 million angels. No doubt the main thought being conveyed by all these verses is that within the comprehension of man, their number is innumerable. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 22. Jeremiah, you can just jot this one down. Jeremiah 33, 22, or look up on the screen. As the host of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea. There you have it right there. They can't be numbered. The host of heaven cannot be numbered. All right. Moving on to number nine, people say, well, where are angels? Well, angels primarily live in heaven. Angels live in heaven. While angels are often depicted as ministering on God's behalf to the saints here on earth, it seems their main abode is in heaven. Matthew chapter 22 verse number 30. Matthew chapter 22 verse number 30 says this. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like the angels of God, where? In heaven. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 15 says this. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into where? Heaven. So it seems like they live in heaven, okay? Um, I'm not saying they're not here. I'm saying that's where they live. Have you ever been a place where you didn't live? Okay. (laughs) But you you go back to where you live. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, so... John chapter 1, verse 51 says this. He said to him, most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. What shall we see? Heaven open. And the angels of God doing what? Ascending and descending. In other words, they're traveling buggers. They are travelers. They ascend, they descend. They ascend, they descend. Okay? Uh, um, Upon the Son of Man. That scripture is going to come into play later on, just so you know mark chapter thirteen verse thirty two but of that day and hour, no one knows not even the angels in heaven they're in heaven Galatians chapter one verse eight. but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what you have what we have preached to you, let him be accursed so finally it would seem that the angels have a special place in which to dwell. Jude, Jude uh, verse 6, there's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude chapter 1 verse 6 writes this, of the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. Estate means order, time, place, or rank. That's what it means. So they did not keep their rank, they did not keep their place, they didn't keep their spot, okay? And then the word habitation means this, it means residence or house of the heavenly region appointed by God as the dwelling place of angels, according to Vine's expository dictionary. So, in other words, they didn't keep their what? Their heavenly home, their place. So, where do they live? Heaven, okay? They, they, they live in heaven, and they minister back and forth. Okay, I want to wrap up right here. Let's go to... Um, John chapter one, go back to John chapter one, and I'm going to go to verse 43, and then we'll wrap up right here, so this is my, this is, we're moving out of the, um, kind of the description of angels, and the basic foundation knowledge that we just went over, and if you want to get the others, you can go back and listen, and you can gather that information um, for your own, and I'm going to talk about once in the kingdom of God, angels, and then angels ministry In the earth. Once you're in the kingdom of God, what do the angels, how do we cooperate with the angels? And then I'm going to go into when we wrap this up, because we're, uh, Bible study only goes to the end of May on Wednesdays. Uh, When we wrap this up, we're going to go, we're going to talk about um, different manifestations of angels and what it could look like for different people. John chapter 1, verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? (laughs) Every every place has a city, right? (laughs) Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. How many of that might freak you out? If you walked into the church and <laughs> the preacher said to you, behold, <laughs> how do you know me? Well, I saw you sitting in the <laughs> your backyard reading your Bible underneath your apple tree. You know, that would mess with you. All right. So it's prophetic. It's cool. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Verse uh, 49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He was quick, quick to have faith, wasn't he? Jesus answered and said to him, of course, these guys have been studying scripture, studying scripture, studying scripture, studying scripture. Don't you think the moment they saw the Messiah, the Holy Ghost would go, boom, that's him. That's why it's so important to know the word and to have it in you because the Holy Spirit has something to draw on in you. Okay, so verse number 50, he says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? Praise the Lord for that. Verse 51. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say unto you, we just read this hereafter. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. So I want to break down this verse and then we'll stop. So there are, there are significant, there are three significant statements that I want to point out here in verse 51. The first is, see heaven open. This is important because this is a direct reference to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' passion, his sacrifice did what? It opened up heaven to mankind to do what? See. See. What did he say to him? From hereafter you shall see heaven open. What happened after Jesus was uh, crucified in the temple, the Old Testament temple? The veil was what? Rent, right? Have you ever studied that veil? It's not like two guys could run up to it and go rip. It was huge and thick. What was that representation of? God is no longer going to be bound in that building. Heaven is now open. Okay? Open. Now listen, this is interesting. The Lord said, told me, he said, look up the word open, Sean. It means to open up like a door or a gate. Now I want you to use your imagination right now, okay? Think with me. Engage your mind. We're, we're almost done. Just give me this, this, because this is significant. We're, we, we've gotten through what people would call the boring stuff. You know, angels don't have gender and You know, they live in heaven and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now we're going to get into the exciting stuff, but you need that stuff as a foundation so the enemy can't dupe you with false manifestations. You need it. It's important. You know, it's like giving somebody, you don't give your 16-year-old a Corvette and go figure it out. No, you don't do that. And God doesn't either. If you don't have knowledge in you and you don't take it serious, you will not have answers. I know that's a blessing, isn't it? It's just the truth. If we don't, if God looks at us, do you share your most intimate, powerful things about your life with people who don't even pay attention? So why would God? He doesn't. He won't. He won't. He knows our hearts. We cannot. So this is where it gets really important because angels are working on your behalf right now. Or not. Some of them, if we haven't been cooperating like we should, could have dust on them. You might have to walk by and, you know, dust them off a little bit and go, ooh, I haven't been around here for a while. (laughs) Look at this. This is bad. (laughs) You know, and your angel's standing there going, we got to move or something. Give me something to do. Those that are declaring the word, those that are praying, those that are believing God, they're angels. You know, they're the ripped angels. They're in shape. They wake up in the morning and go, if they did. When we wake up in the morning, they go, "Uh uh-oh, game on, boys. (laughs) Let's go. Okay? and that's boys genderless just okay moving on all right <laughs> what does a door or gate do a door or a gate separate one place from another jesus said you shall see heaven open Come on, use your faith. I can feel it working. I know, sometimes teaching is just boring. I understand that. It just takes time. I'm totally with you. I got it. But we have to get... Now it starts breaking into the reality of what's going to take place, okay? And what's going to happen. Think of a house. When you walk up to the house sometimes, the yard has a fence. And where the walkway is, there is usually what? A gate. And that gate separates two different places. One is public property and the other is what? Private property. Public and private properties can have similar features, but usually you can quickly tell the difference between the two. In other words, God's saying, you're going to notice a difference when I open the gate. Now listen. Why does Jesus use these terminologies? Is Jesus just randomly like, ah, I'm just going to use some words and just let them fly? He wants you to see this a specific way. He wants you to understand it a specific way. Way In other words, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, what took place? He said, sh- he said to, to the church, to the early church, and what he's saying to Nathaniel, when I'm up and I'm in heaven, the gate will be what? Swung open. The gate will be swung open. And then he, uh, went on to, uh, the Lord went on to show me this. Now imagine going in the gate to the front door of the house. So, gate, door. Again, we see something that separates what? One space from another. Now, the distinctions from outside the house to inside the house are even greater and more stark. In other words, the transition, the differences are even greater. Why say open? Why say gate? Why say door? Why say these things? Why use these words to describe uh, realities that you don't see with your natural eye? So that you can see it here and function in it from here. Does that make sense? These words of Jesus are designed to transform the way we think. Paul said we we are to set our minds on things where? and it's open so go ahead realize that the spirit that in the spirit jesus has opened the door of heaven to us matthew 3:16 says this when he had been baptized jesus came up immediately out of the water and behold the heavens were opened watch this and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove and alighting upon him john the baptist did and suddenly a voice came from heaven. Why? Open. Okay. Acts 10, 11, Peter on the roof. How many remember the vision he saw, right? All the animals, the unclean animals coming down on the sheet, right? And it says this, and uh, verse 11 says, and he saw or saw heaven, what? Opened. Opened. In other words, what are you saying? I'm saying angels of God ascending and descending, is active right now. Why? Because we're under a what? Open. We're under an open heaven. We are not under a closed heaven. We are under an open heaven. You say, why? How? How is that possible? Because Christ in us, Christ, what he accomplished, he has opened heaven. He has opened heaven, which means what? If it's open, how many know your restaurants are now open? You couldn't go in before But you can, which means if you can go in, you can go what? And if it's heaven's open, you can go and out. Part of the operation of the spirit, now people can take this stuff and make it weird, but I'm not gonna. They can make it into an experience rather than a truth that's founded with an experience. They They get excitable about things that are, That that are not balanced. They're more emotional than they are spiritual. But we have an open heaven. Which means you have access to angels. It doesn't mean you pray to them. It doesn't mean you worship them. That means you fellowship with your Father through Jesus Christ and the covenant you have, speaking the Word of God. And as you speak the Word of God, and we'll see this, you can cheat and go look at Psalms 103 later. But if you get down into verse 20, in those areas you'll see that the angels of heaven hearken unto the Word of God. In other words, the angels of heaven have not stopped ascending and descending upon the Son of Man because He's still operating here. It has not stopped Paul said what? Jesus is the head. You are the body. In other words, angels are still ascending and descending upon what? The son of man. It's still operating. It's still happening. Okay? Do you see it? It gets more and more gooder as we go. Okay? So, praise the Lord. Well, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your, your truth that is transforming the way we think. And Lord, the more we know about your word, the more we increase in maturity, we know that we'll continually to grow, uh, continue to grow and operate in obedience with faithfulness to your word and that the angelic activity that is taking place will become more and more aware for your glory and your kingdom being advanced in our lives and in the earth in Jesus' name amen. Well, God bless you guys. We will see you Sunday. Thanks for joining us on Facebook. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.